I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck, for part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, McKelly Barron. McKelly, what's up? Well, uh, the day after your birthday is usually a great one, and so today is awesome, sunny, like not too warm, not too cold, perfect day. It's great. If you guys didn't see it, I tweeted out that it was McKelly's birthday yesterday, but... Happy birthday, McKelly. It's uh, it's my birthday, and we're 10 days apart for our birthdays. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, that. So it's a busy, busy, busy birthday month. Uh, not a really busy time for the Thunder, though. Not really any new news. Uh, so we're going to answer some questions today. Next week, we're going to get started on... Uh, college basketball players, NCAA stuff, and the draft, and start going through players that make sense for the Thunder at the 21st spot, so uh, we'll be preparing for that, um, so if you have questions or if you have guys that you like, feel free to tweet at us and say, I really like this guy for them at 21, and we'll research them, so um, as long as it's not like 50 guys that are requested, I assume it's like... It's usually about 10 guys that are around that mm-hmm. spot that mm-hmm. makes sense for, for whatever team. So we'll probably have a, a good 10 guys well-researched, and then we'll have our opinion, and they will undoubtedly not take the guy that we think they should. And then, uh, <laughs> Well, I don't know. Maybe this tradition. year we'll be more lucky. I don't know. <clears throat> Ferguson was tough that year. Because he yeah. was in Australia, the footage wasn't great. The tape wasn't great on him. Uh, and I was just 100% wrong on him. Well, there are there are things where we were kind of right. I mean, the fact that he wasn't particularly um, a high IQ guy on offense, that is something that I think, mm-hmm. like, we've, we haven't seen yet um plays where say where, where you say wow he made like a really really smart cut or <clears throat> he moved the ball particularly well we are starting to see some assists from him mm-hmm. which is good yeah uh what i didn't expect was the the way he he picked up defense like from the end of last year throughout this season that i really didn't expect and um but yeah i mean um we are Two random guys, not Sam Preston. So it's fine for him to be better than us in talent evaluation. We are definitely two random guys. That's so true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Okay, so let's get into this. Let's answer as many questions as we can. Before we get started with our Twitter questions, I want to tell you about Harvest Ethiopia. It's a new startup social business doing work in Ethiopia. So after living in Ethiopia for two years, and seeing the imperative need for employment, 
Among the people there, Tommy and Kendra Crabtree created Harvest Ethiopia. Partnering with men and women new to the sewing trade as well as artisans that are experts in the leather industry, Harvest has created a leather brand that is quality, fashionable, and ethically responsible. In addition, all the proceeds from purchases with Harvest go directly back into the community in Ethiopia, currently helping to support an orphanage and a street boys ministry. Go check out their work at harvestethiopia.com. They're working toward creating meaningful employment in Ethiopia and showcasing the talents that lie within each person. If you go to harvestethiopia.com, you can use our discount code down to dunk 20 to get a discount on your purchase. Please do this. This is a really amazing, amazing company uh, that is trying to help people within the country of Ethiopia. They have um, a bunch of really great leather products. They have purses, wallets, bracelets, all kinds of stuff. So please go to harvestethiopia.com and support the people that support Down to Dunk. Uh, this is from Thunder Mob 405. If both were available to OKC this summer for the MLE, who's a better fit, Ariza or Wes Matthews? I found this to be a really hard question to answer um, because they, they both have a wash-up uh, percentage on them uh, that is kind of scary. Wes Matthews in the first part of the season, he was bad for Dallas. Well, not bad, but but not really sparky. Um, Ariza was kind of bad for the entire season, but I like um, his I like his measurements better. I like the playoff experience a tad better. I like the fact that he can just stay in a corner without taking the ball too much. Um, so the fit, I think it's better for Ariza. He's taller, and I like the possibility for OKC to have uh, Paul George and another 6'8", 6'9", guy that can play with him so that they can they don't need to have a four, uh, a regular four uh, on the court. Um, but I, I'm a little bit more scared about his, say, his shape status or his decline. And so it's it's a tough one. Probably if both agree to come, uh, I would go for Ariza. I think I'd agree with that. Uh, Ariza is a little bit older. They're about the same mm-hmm. age. Um, and then I think Wes is probably a little bit better shooter than Ariza yeah. is. Yeah. So... And I, I think that I would ultimately choose Ariza just because of his versatility. Because I think mm-hmm. Wes is like a 2-3. And mm-hmm. if they do have Robertson come back, and they do have Ferguson, and Diallo does anything at all next year, I mean, I, I still think that Wes is an upgrade over... He might be an upgrade over what Andre can bring next year, and he's definitely an upgrade over Diallo. So I'm not saying that like I wouldn't want him. Like if he was the only option, like he would play, he'd play a lot. But I think they have options there. As far as like the four and like the backup three, that was the biggest hole for them this year. Yeah, and that they yeah. they could not. They tried to fix it with Markeith. They gave Patrick Patterson tons of chances. They let Nader in. 
I mean, they just didn't have a solution there. And if you had Ariza there, who didn't have a ton of responsibilities, who could back up Paul George, also be the backup four, and soak up enough minutes for it to be worth it for him. He could close in some lineups. I think that he makes a ton of sense. Would he want to come to Oklahoma City? I have no idea. Yeah. And would he be looking for a starting role somewhere? I would assume that he would up to this point. That's what he's been. And the Thunder don't have that to offer. I mean, they're they're not going to play Paul at the two and him at the three. They're not going to do that. They're going to start Terrence. And so uh, that would be the question. Does does Trevor Rizzo want to come to Oklahoma City to come off the bench and play 20-ish minutes a game? I'm skeptical about that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And um, to to have another point in favor of Wes Matthews, he probably defends the position where OKC has more issues. Because if you want to have Wes Matthews guard a guy like Lillard for five minutes, mm-hmm. he will probably do that. Yeah. And if you want to rest Russ um, and have him guarding a Clay Thompson kind of guy, or even Steph for stretches. I'm not saying that this will be a good idea or that will give you good results. He might be better than Ariza at guarding small guys, and he can really extend uh, defensively up to the three. I'm not confident in putting him um, against most fours, especially like Aldridge level fours. Um, But he may guard a guy like Patterson. Um, pretty well because he doesn't post up very well. So, but but for if for Ariza the starting position is a problem, I think that for West Matthews the, the the issue is even bigger. And because I I don't think that after his stint in Indiana, which was very positive up until the playoffs, that he will be okay playing for a team that doesn't have a, a clear ceiling because OKC doesn't have that. And that will give him 20 minutes at mm-hmm. most, I think, per night. It's different if you think, if you're suppressing and say, well, I take the long view here. And um, sorry, uh, oh, I, I got almost hit by a car. And um, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, I had I had to like jump. Uh, but anyway, um, what if Wes Matthews stays two years and you say to Terrence, you know what? I mean, we love you. We'll play you a lot, but but Wes has to start because it's the only way to get him here. Mm-hmm. Would would you would you take your chances in doing that or not? Oh, if that's assume the only that way. Ferg for yeah, assume that Ferg for year one is yeah, coach, whatever. Just I'm okay with anything you want. I yeah, I think I would do that. Yeah, because I, I think that, that with, with Ariza, I would not go there. Um, putting him as a starter, with like trying to put PG at the two, that doesn't really make yeah, sense I to don't me. Yeah, like that. You get a lot uh, because, slower. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the spacing doesn't really change. Right. But you really look... And, and probably in that way, you have PG running more of a two guard on offense, which is not bad for him. But I... For, in some sense, I'm not that comfortable in having uh, PG at the two from 
from scratch because you can mm-hmm. get into matchups that you really don't like. Yep. Um, he can guard a guy like CJ, of course, but if it is a smaller one, then you may you may put him in an uncomfortable situation from the from the beginning. So I don't know. Yeah, I I think I think that I agree with that. If you had to have one start, I think you go West. If you have the option to have them both, either one come off the bench, I think you go Ariza. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. Probably. I don't know. Well, yeah, let's say that. <laughs> they both would be awesome. And yeah. really, if you kind of look at the free agent list, there's there's a lot of guys that would have helped the Thunder in the playoffs that are going to be out there and yeah. will be able to be had for the minimum, probably, or at least the taxpayer mid-level. I think that it yeah, won't be hard to upgrade a spot. Yeah. It's five million. It's not bad money. I don't no. think that Wes Matthews and or Trevor Ariza will go for like the full MLE. Probably I don't not. see that. Maybe maybe some bad team will want that, and then it's up to them. Well, Ariza already made um, a money choice with Phoenix um, that like changed in uh, half of the season. But I don't know if he will have to. He will like to to have the same. Uh, for for this season, for the for the coming season, um, so yeah, there, there is plenty of guys that you can look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from at j underscore dub underscore twenty five. When the Thunder have a disappointing end of the season, like they had the last two, I find it easier to distance myself from the NBA. But you guys don't have the option since you pod. Is it painful to have to keep talking about them or therapeutic? I think I like to uh, I like the off season, um, not because I stop talking basketball, which I don't, of course, uh, but because it, I have time uh, to think without the stress of the season. Because the season t- for me is very stressful, stressful. Maybe because I'm like seven hours uh, in advance and I have to like wake up five a.m. every day to watch basketball, and now I don't. Um, but I don't dislike the off season, no matter how the season ends. To me, uh, is almost a, um, a clean slate for next season. So mm-hmm. it's it's the time of the year where I think how OKC could approach next season, how the draft will change what they do, how the free agency will. So it's I think it's pretty uh, interesting to me. Uh, I can take time off and look into other leagues, maybe um, a little bit more Euro basketball. And so you you feel if you like basketball, there is a lot to look at that is not uh, directly uh, related to to Thunder basketball. For example, like three three years ago, I spent a ton of time watching Abrines play uh, in in Barcelona because there were rumors that he would come, uh, and he finally did. And so I ha- I I was watching like non NBA basketball, but I was doing it in a way that would help me in the cover of the Thunder the season after. And, and even as a fan, you can do those things. You can watch some Euroball, you can watch more college uh, on tapes. It's not very easy to get, but you can find them. And um, so, no, I, I don't dislike. I don't. It's it's very beneficial to have an off-season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's part of me that... <laughs> that kind of dreads doing shows at times after they lose games like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like once you get going, like it's always fun. 
And to have the opportunity to do it like we're doing, I mean, I don't take that for granted, and I I love doing the podcast, so um, it's fun. It's it's all fun. It really is. Once you kind of get going and and do shows, like it's just fun. So uh, it it is therapeutic in a way to kind of talk it out and have other smart people to talk basketball with. So yeah, it's overall it's very fun. So I have no complaints whatsoever. Did you almost get hit by an airplane? <laughs> I have to switch spot because this this turn <laughs> is very very narrow and i feel like i'm i'm in a very big park but there is a part of it which is too close to the street probably <laughs> okay so I'll, uh, I'll try to move no you're don't, good. don't not have any other uh airplanes um, <laughs> um at prime nerlands please please entertain the possibility of clay thompson signing hashtag oh clay c uh the hashtag is great, though. The hashtag is wonderful. Uh, the possibility is uh, zero. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. The, the possibility is zero because of two factors. One is uh, the, status, the status of Clay Thompson's, which I don't think he has another. I don't think he has options, does he? I mean, like where he could go, you mean? No, 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 contract option. Oh, no, 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 he's a free agent. Yeah, then, then, then no, there is, uh, I was, I think I, I was um, right, but I had to check. So, he is completely free agent. He will not sign for the taxpayer MLE. That is a 0% chance. The only other option is to get him by a sign and trade. Um, but if you do that, you will be hard cap at the apron, which will probably something around between like $130 million and $140, something like that. It's $5 million uh, above the, the tax level, which OKC is way up. Uh, so you may do that, but you need to shed a lot. Yeah. And you probably need to shed both Grant and Schroeder to make it work or to trade them and to shed Steven Adams completely. Um, I would do that probably um to get clay because clay is awesome he's an all-star and he's a perfect all-star to put um with paul george and russell westbrook especially but i mean why a he will probably not leave golden state and b if he does that why okc there is very little reason for a guy like him who is basically the unselfishness as a player, mm-hmm. um, like he's one of the most unselfish player in the league. Why does he have to come to OKC? Where I mean, we all know how the last three seasons went. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that the guy like that would come. And um, so technically, it's possible. It's very very hard from a cap standpoint, uh, but I don't see it. Yeah, it it just it won't happen. It's Cool. Mm-hmm. It's a cool thought, though. He's he would be the perfect wing to sit there and just shoot threes for yeah. in between Russ and Paul. Uh, but there's just no way. There's just no way yeah. it's gonna happen. I mean, he'll be a can you imagine or a Laker probably? Yeah. Can you imagine the three point percentage in the corner if yeah. Clay's there? Yeah, I don't want to though. Why? I don't want to imagine it because it just won't happen. 
Movies yeah, okay. Movies feel too I, sad I to think of, about it. No, no, I do a lot of things that will not really happen, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, Clay would be perfect, man. Yeah. He would be awesome. Uh, this is from at Ryan Fawcett. Early in the season when people were irrationally calling for Billy's head, Andy and Mikey were adamant saying, you can't fire Billy unless you have a reasonable idea for who to replace him with. The past two weeks, Andrew has been on the, yeah, we need a coaching change train. So, at Andrew K. Schlecht, i got to ask the same thing you asked the fans earlier this season. Who would you like to see instead of Billy? Wow. Really, DTD fans keeping us accountable really, for what we really... Really good question. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, we need to be very careful what we say here. I know. People take notice. People, wow. People are Fans smart. are great. Uh, so, I really like Sam Van Gundy. I like his track record. I know Detroit didn't go well. But I thought he was awesome for the Orlando Magic. It's been a long time since he was awesome with them, but he took them to an NBA Finals where he had to go through LeBron James to get there. Uh, he coached a really good offense. He's like He was part of the small, not small ball, but floor spacing revolution there. Uh, the way that he played Richard Lewis and Hito Turkoglu, he made Jameer Nelson an all-star, which is no small feat. <laughs> so uh, I like Stan Van. I like his personality. Some of that's selfish because I would love to cover a team coached by Stan Van Gundy and be able to talk to him uh, game in, game out. Like That would be amazing. So that would that would probably be my guy. I know that there might be like a good assistant out there that's kind of like the the next the next one up kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I don't think that if you're going to go for it, you need a coach with a track record. I don't think that you need to see like, oh, let's see if this guy can be good. Let's let's try another college coach. I think that they need to go for a guy that's been in the NBA and that has had success. Yeah, I mean, when I tried to counter you the last time, I was I th- I thought you were mentioning Jeff and Andy, so I'm I'm trying to be better at okay. this this time. <laughs> um, I mean, I I thought back uh, at this uh, the last few weeks, and yeah, I mean, you can get into you you can talk yourself into uh, some of the Spurs three guys um, like Becky Hammond or um, Udoka or I mean, there are plenty. There is even Ettore Messina. Um, mm. But in the end, I don't see, I don't really see. I mean, Becky Hammond, uh, I, I have like different reports on her. Uh, some part of the tree, uh, part of the first guy that I know, uh, not team related, but like very smart and into fans, tells me that Becky's great, that she will be a very good coach. And he he really takes uh, pride in being in, take, in having players be accountable. Um, which is very nice. On the other end, there are reports where she's not the easiest fit uh, in terms of organization and players. And there are, I mean, again, very, very contrasting stuff. Uh, Udoka is a player guy, but is really not an X and O one. And so would you want to go that route? I don't know. Uh, we had we had that in Scott Brooks, where it was like effort, accountability, but no X and O's. Do we want to get to go there as well? Like, again, I don't think so. Um, 
Van Gandhi has at least a track record of being able to play guys at their strengths. Mm-hmm. Because even if he got fired in Detroit, if you look at how Drummond started the season um, with him and ended, he was a far better player. Yeah. And if you search for a guy that can take the best out of a, the center, and we have a very good one, then he could be a very, very wise choice. Uh, that said, I still think that there are issues in terms of his personality compared to the OKC uh, franchise. Uh, it's not like uh, random that all the coaches that we had are... I mean, you can see that they keep the franchise line um, Mild manner, don't say a lot of stuff. Exactly, exactly, know. all those things. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's it's tough to project a guy that talks, uh, that really speaks his mind uh, in OKC. Which is disappointing. Yeah, kind <laughs> I of. I think, I, I don't know. To, to me, there just needs to be some kind of shakeup. You know, and if you're not going to change the roster, which I just don't know that they need to change the roster that dramatically, I think they're going to try to get, obviously, some guys on the fringes. If there's a good trade for Steven, I think they'd make it. Uh, I don't know how many good trades out there for Steven uh, actually exist. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think it's likely Steven's back. And then I think that they yeah. try to get another shooter and kind of fill in around the fringes. To me, it would be nice to have a different voice, and I, I just I like Shane Van's person. I like his personality. I think that he. I thought he was really good, and I think that he's fun. So that would be my guy. I don't. I find it like you said. I find it pretty unlikely that the Thunder would hire him. Also, like Billy would have to be gone first, and we haven't heard. Yeah heard anything about him being gone i think that he will be back which if it if the choice is billy donovan or trying to find like an assistant coach or another college guy then i just say just keep billy like he he has a track record as well uh of getting to the playoffs he's his track record the past two seasons has not been wonderful uh which is why you'd want to replace him. But honestly, like I'm, I, as far as like taking a chance on a guy, I just this is not the time to do that. There will be a time and a place to go find a young, up and coming assistant coach uh, to coach this team, and which, it's, not, it's not that far in it, the future. And no, which would be like likely, it can be next season. And probably I already discussed this um, in like last last week. But the Thunder could very well hit the, res- the reset button next season. And if you hit the re- reset button because you have one year of PG, one year of Steve, uh, four years of Russell Westbrook, um, you, can, you can trade the lot and, and really start from scratch, which is terrifying. But it is a very good uh, moment to, um, to, to hire the guy of the future. And that guy... Could be very well Billy Donovan again. I mean, yeah. I I still I still have questions about what it, why Billy coaches like that, and it can be a, Russ can be a huge part of it. Yeah, and I He's mean, a huge there part are of it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
we saw a team without Russell Westbrook going eight and five, um, playing the way Billy wants them to play. And we saw Russ playing the way Billy wants him to play, not for not in a consistent way. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I like what I saw in terms of uh, playing uh, style and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. in various uh, parts of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I I would, for one, be very surprised. I mean, they would have it would have to kind of flame out, you know, for them to just blow it up. And maybe it will. I mean, it's it's not out of the question. I'd be surprised though. Yeah, me too. But a lot of things can happen in, in yep. twelve months. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from at Mace Skywalker. Given where OKC is in cap space, they don't have a ton of flexibility for free agents. Given the improvement of Tferg, given the improvement Tferg saw from year to year, could we get that same boost from Deontay or Diallo? Given the run it takes, giving the run it back theory Portland used, could OKC benefit from the same approach? Um, I mean, let's look closely to what Portland did, um, both in the off season and in the regular season. They gave away two players that wanted probably more mm-hmm. in Napier. Uh, at Davis and um, which were like core guys for them. They played a bunch of minutes. The second unit was good. And they replaced them with better shooting and with Zach Collins, uh, who took a lot more um, in terms of um, playing time and stuff like that. And then they addressed um, their death in terms of centers, which was already shaky with an Escanter. Um, because, I mean, Zach Collins had a good season, but not a great one. And that will, that lead them to where they are. So they really tweaked minimal things. But they had a very huge spurt from Dame Lillard in terms of quality of play. And CJ is a steady force on offense. And so, I mean, what OKC has young guys in Burton and Diallo that can give something. I do think that Ferg next season can be closer to 40% from three. Um, shooting wise and if you remember last season he had like after all-star break he had a very good stretch at like 39 40 percent and then he had like like terrible stretches this season the terrible stretches were shorter and the good ones were longer Mm -hmm. and he had like a full month where it was unbelievable and so i mean we can get a better uh, shooting season from him and also good enough, uh, good, like as good or even better um, Oops, um, season from him as well. So in, in, on the defensive end as well. And for Diallo and Burton, I think that Burton can play. Uh, I really think that he gives you versatility. He gives you um, defense. And he gives you also playmaking if you, if you trust him to do so, which, mm-hmm. is, a, which is not an easy an easy thing to say because he he can be out of control very easily, um, and maybe there are like two or three moves that you can do at minimal cost that can change the way you look on the court. Yeah, I, I honestly, I mean, I think that Diallo's the guy 
I love mm-hmm. Deontay Burton, but my guess is that like the franchise has a little bit more invested in Hamadou Diallo uh, mm-hmm. at this point. And he's super interesting. I think that it's, it's kind of easy to forget what the kind of player that he was for this team. He's a, mm-hmm. he's kind of a chaos creator in a lot of ways on the defensive end. He's a guy that loves to get out on the break. He can handle a lot better than a guy like Ferguson. Like he has just mm-hmm. a better feel for the game in that way. And yeah. he's big. Like he's big. Like he can, yeah. like he's a pretty big wing. Uh, yeah. And so I, I think that I'm very interested to see what he looks like in summer league. And I think, you know, Sam mentioned him a few times in his press conference. And I think, I think they believe that he can come in and play. And part of me thinks does that and I wouldn't want to do this, but to get some cap relief, maybe they do deal Andre and send him into somebody's space, somebody's cap space, or take back something or give up like a small asset to for somebody to take him on, and like maybe they trust the development of Diallo, where instead of. 10 million dollars for a backup mm-hmm. wing maybe it's less than a million dollars for a backup wing you know yeah yeah and you if you can find value that way i think that that would really be good for the thunder uh especially with who they add in the off season and you know maybe they would add somebody in the off season like like an ariza or matthews or somebody like that where you wouldn't really even need diallo to be a guy um, yeah and, but, but you definitely don't need andre in that situation Right. I think it, it becomes complica- a little more complicated then. Unless you really think that, um, I mean, that we just said that the, the four spot was, was a hard one to fill for KC. And there is a chance to play under there because he's a great offensive rebounder. Yeah. Uh, he's a good defender, not a good defender in terms of um, power forwards. Mm-hmm. But if you have uh, Paul George, and under Oberson that can switch between the two and the three, I think that you have something that you can, uh, the, the three and the four, sorry, defensively, you have something to work with. Mm-hmm. And and so maybe under could play 10, 15 minutes as a backup four, de facto backup four uh, on both ends. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, is this the best allocations of uh, allocation of 10 millions? I don't think so. Um, I also think that giving up an asset for a guy that can, come back and be close to where he was maybe at the end of the season in terms of defense like attach an asset to get rid of him Mm -hmm. i I, i'm not sure that you want to do that um if you want to get rid of him and shed tax and uh, maybe because you don't really gain flexibility unless you get something back back that you that you like no it's so it's all it's for tax purposes only and if and if it's for tax purposes you can see how it goes up to January and then say, well, Andre, I mean, Diallo is great. He's, give, he's getting all your minutes and I will give you away back mm-hmm. then, like in January, after the all-star break, where you, you, you get part of the hit uh, financially, but you don't get the full, uh, the total amount. And so that could be something to have some cap relief and in the same time, get a, a long and extended look to Andre Alberson and see what he really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that probably makes the most sense. 
Uh, and with Diallo, obviously the the biggest concern is can he shoot the basketball at all? Yeah, you know. And yeah. if the answer is no, then things become a lot more difficult <laughs> for him and for the yeah. team to play him. It's it is really difficult to play a wing that can't shoot it at all. And I know that like people will make fun of Ferguson, and be like, oh, Ferguson can't shoot. Like the reality is, yes, Ferguson can shoot it. Like that guy oh, yeah. can shoot the basketball. Thirty six uh, is above league average. Right, and and people yeah. people say we'll say whatever, but. The fact is, Hamadou Diallo last season really could not shoot the basketball. He's 45% from the field. He was 16% from three. He's 61% from the free throw line. Yeah. All low attempts, you know. Yeah. He took 165 total shots, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, man, if he cannot shoot the basketball, then, you know, you invest – a million and a half in him, you know, this season and next. That's it's it's a it's a low price to pay just to see if this guy is something. Um, yeah, but he he quickly becomes not a whole lot of help for you if he can't shoot it at all. But if he yeah. can shoot it like thirty two percent from three, then like wow, like that's a huge asset for you. Like he doesn't have to be a lights out shooter. He like he just has to be a guy that can make it. You know. Yeah, and I mean, he doesn't even need to be an all-around three-point shooter. Uh, Bruce Bowen was a, an awesome three-point shooter from the corners, yeah, especially from the corners. Like yeah. the rest was from meh to bah, I don't trust him. Uh, but the corners were okay. And if he shots like 35% from the corner, which is not great, but it's still way above um, the – like the points per possession that you get in off court regularly, it's about 105. It says it, it is exactly 105. So um, if you get him to shoot that amount, it's fine for an off court offense. Yeah. You don't want him to run the, the, the transition and place himself in the corner to space the floor. You want him to probably run as hard as you can to the basket, but in an off course setting, like in a pick and roll setting, if he stays in the corner and he hits 35%, he will not create spacing because people will just take their chances. Um, because at the worst, it will be an average defensive possession, not a horrible one. But still, it, if he gives you something in terms of defense and you have like uh, a net zero offense and not a negative one, it's it's a good deal for next season. For the mm-hmm. future, I don't know, but... I mean, but it's not a low bar. 35% from the corner is no joke. No, that would be great. I mean, he shot 20% on almost exclusively corner threes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And that's not great. So, Mm -hmm. to me, his shot is incredibly important to what he he does and what he could be. Uh, Because he's got, obviously, he's got the athleticism the dude jumped over Shaq so like, he's yeah. got the tools there and he's got he can handle okay and he may if if he can the thing is if he can be an elite defender or he can be an elite something that's not a shooter he, he can play uh, but he hasn't shown any of that the only thing he has right now is an elite athlete yeah he's an, he's an elite athlete with a very good chance to be an elite uh, rebounding guard. That is something that we yeah. 
um, saw glimpses of. Um, so yeah, and to be to be honest, I mean something that uh, helps in projecting him as a shooter is that his mechanics is not perfect mm-hmm. because you can see Luavo Cabarro. I mean, you see his shot. It's wow, this is good looking. Yeah. This will go in, and nope. Uh, it's one iron after the other. Mm-hmm. In Diallo, you can see some hitch. You can see the mechanic is kind of the motion is kind of broken. Um, so there are things to be fixed there. And Diallo is not is no Robertson. He's different. When he shots the um, the free throw line, uh, the free throw line is better. You can see that that kind of mechanics can project to a better one. Uh, with Andre, is tough to see a very uh, smooth mechanics uh, out of the shooting technique so uh i mean that is something that you can really work on and it's just go and shoot with a um with a coach of course but i mean i've seen worse in terms of um uh i mean do you remember the first Kawhi? his mechanics was bad yep like he was broken uh and after two seasons he was a reliable shooter and now is a great shooter and so you never know how this thing go? If you have uh, a perfect mechanics, though, and you don't get results, that is more concerning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely concerning. It's something to watch for in summer league. I, if I'm the Thunder, I'm just like, hey, I want you to practice shooting threes with this shoot shooting coach all summer. Yeah. And then in the summer league, I want you to take as many threes as you can. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if exactly. you shoot 7%. I really don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. We just want you to get as many attempts as possible. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, uh, let's see. At Rossby wants us to go through some realistic free agents that OKC could target. Uh, we talked about two already. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they they could use that taxpayer MLE, which is about $5 bucks. And I'm, I'll go through some players that could possibly accept that, and then I want you to tell me what you think. Yeah, about that player, uh, Damari Carroll. Don't like too old, and physically he's not. I don't think he will have a better season than the one that he had, and shooting wise, he he had like one good season yeah. basically. Robin Lopez, I like. I like that. Uh, he would be uh, at the top of the list of many teams. Uh, one wears yellow and has a bridge on their shirt, <laughs> and they will probably get him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there is there is a chance. There is a decent chance that he. Uh, I mean, especially if it is a starting job. If somehow you trade Stephen away for not a center but uh, like a wing or something, uh, then if you have a starting spot available, then you can you can think of getting uh, a Robin Lopez type of guy. Yeah, I like the idea. I, I think that this next season, there needs to be some kind of emphasis placed on getting Steven and Paul rest during, during the yeah. season. Yeah. And the way that that happens most effectively is that they both have good backups. Steven had a good one, though. He did have a good one, yeah. I, I don't know how much the coaching staff really trusted Nerlens all season, though. Yeah. Uh, I think Robin the Robin Lopez addition would be would 
that would change the equation quite a bit. I hope so. But I, the, the way you get Stephen Adams' rest is not, and, and it's the same way in which, like, San Antonio gives Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and all the guy rest, is by sitting him. Yeah. Because if, if, if even Pop, I think, if you have Duncan there and things start to go south, you put him in. So yeah, even true. if your resting pattern is, well, let's play him like less, uh, it requires an enormous amount of control. And you can play into foul troubles. And then if, if, if Noel has foul troubles, you put him back. If you don't have him, just play small and see what happens. And so I do think that you have to sit them. You have to, to, to make a plan and see, well, we, you don't go above 72 games for no reason. Yeah. Those 10 games will manage to, to, to have them against either uh, great teams when, you, when we are on back-to-backs or against teams that I project to be beatable yep. even without you. Yep. I think that, honestly, that makes a ton of sense for, for both those guys because they've both gotten to the end of the last two seasons and they've both not been 100% and they've both not been great. <laughs> So I think that they could both use some load management throughout the season. And look at Kawhi. Like, I mean, like, I know people killed Kawhi and the Raptors all season saying, like, well, he didn't even play every game. I mean, if you're the Thunder, like, who who cares? I know that individual awards are awesome. But, like, you went all out for individual awards this year, you know, with the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. You played those guys a ton of minutes, and I think that is partially to blame for them going out in round one, you know? Yeah. I, I still believe yeah. they had, if you just stack up the talent, I think they have more talent than Portland does, but, you know, obviously had, there's a lot of problems there Yeah, <laughs> with yeah. the team internally, um, but also one of the issues is that you didn't have a healthy Paul George, and you didn't have a yeah. healthy Steve, and yeah. I... I don't know if healthy is the right word for Steven, but you definitely kind of had a worn down Steven Adams. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like not perfectly used uh, Steven Adams as well in the playoffs. Yeah. Right. I kind of, I kind of, uh, I know, I understand your point and you're right, but I also understand Jay's point. Where you, like I'm referring to the fry pod. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that Steven is not, um, he's one of the top five reason why OKC lost. But the different the distance between the first three, like Ross play, uh, Paul George health status, and Billy Donovan coaching, yeah. and the rest of, of the other is like the distance between me and you and the distance from you to Tulsa. Yeah. No, no, no. I, and I that I would make the exact same point. My only point, okay. the, the reason the argument started with Jay is that Jay said that Steven was good to great in the playoffs. Which is no, no, just not true. That was the only reason we even argued. He was good defensively, but offensively was bad, quite bad. Yeah, that was the only that was the only reason for the argument. <laughs> and then Jay, Jay's like slowly shifted into something different, and then he said that he didn't think Steven was even the third best player on the team. And then people went after me, like, okay, cool. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Tyreek Evans. <sighs> No. Yeah, he was not. No, 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 Low IQ, low IQ. He can't remember plays. We don't need that. JJ Redick. 
What's JJ Reddick getting this offseason? I mean, he's 34. I don't care. <laughs> I know. I, I don't I, care I, about the age either. I mean, like, how old is Kyle Corver? And, like, the guy still gets a job and can still shoot it. I mean, that to me is my dream scenario. I don't care about his defense, like, like zero. The point is, when you have JJ on the court, you have a guy that is fully dedicated to him. And if you have a guy that is fully dedicated to him and Steven Adams running screens for him, you are in a very good spot. Like, JJ is the best at running through screens. He's better than CJ, he's better than Clay, he's better than Corver, he's better than anyone. His usage of um, the big screen and his, uh, uh, the way he, he uses feet to create space for a shot is unmatched. Like, flat out, unmatched. Even Curry uses screen less and worse than JJ. He's a far better shooter because he can pull up from anywhere. But if I have to get a standstill shooter that can use screen, that is the player I want. And I think that OKC never had something like him. Yeah. And and that is something where if in order to get JJ Redick and a better Steven Adams, I need to get to Stephen Gandhi as a coach, I would probably do that. Oh my goodness. If, I, the, if the Thunder signed JJ Redick and got Stan Van Gundy as their coach this summer, I would I would do five podcasts a week. Don't say that. Don't I would. say that. If it, you would? Okay. Yeah, it's not going to it's not going in, in one or two of them. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like the, that scenario yeah. will not happen, but I would be overjoyed. I'd be very excited. Yeah, I mean, you can you don't have to start JJ, but if you if you have like your first sub, which is let's take away Ferg after five minutes and play a little bit more with um, with Russ, uh, JJ, and and Paul with Steven as a screener. My God, that that, that offensive unit is spectacular. Mm-hmm. It's just too much shooting. They never had something like that. They wanted Abrinus to be like that. And he was did. a yeah. very good shooter for them. But JJ, differently. Worse yeah. as a defender. But, my God, he, he... I mean, I would probably pay my, my share to get him in OKC <laughs> and just see how it looks. It'd be awesome. I can give $100. Is that, <laughs> is that okay? Yeah, just, send a, just send yeah. a, a check to... Uh, yeah. It's the Clay Bennett. No, no, no. I, I'll. I just give my credit card availability. I'm not saying. I'm not saying a check. Like they will not get him. But if it, if they do, they just take my money. <laughs> It'd be awesome. It'd be so awesome. Uh, KCP. <sighs> it's a yes, but it's a yes with some dislike on my end. Yeah. Because he's not a shooter, and it's not what they need. Is he better than Nader? Yes. Is he better than what Diallo will give you next season? Probably yes. Mm-hmm. Is he better than Ferg next season? I would not bet my house on it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Wilson Chandler. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. You you, you give your you take your chances on Wilson Chandler. Um, he will play 550, 245 to 50 games for you, and he will be 
a good shooter when everyone else is hot and a bad shooter when no one can make a basket. <laughs> which is which is which is completely thunder to do. So yeah, I was gonna say it's yeah, very, I mean, very thundery. Yeah. Uh let's go through a few more. Alec Burks. I mean, I was against him in multiples uh, multiple podcasts. I was ten by um because again, you don't need guys who who are not reliable, I think. Mm-hmm. And the talent, defensive talent that he gives you is not enough to make up of, of like all the broken plays that he will that he will cause. Which is close to what I think about Tariq Evans. Um, yeah. he will be like less of a present than Tariq, because I think he has a Less personality, uh, in some sense, he's not as huge as uh, Tyreek in terms of name and, and and history, but it's kind of the same with less talent. So yeah, this guy is interesting. I, I I don't know. I have no clue what his contract will be. I assume it'll be more than the five million that the Thunder will be offering. But Terrence Ross, yeah, yeah, no, he's out of reach. Yeah, he would get he would get like north. Of, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think he will get something like forty-four. Yeah, four years, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Forty-eight, maybe, if Orlando wants him, which is a very good thing to do because he he's a great shooter, and I think that Clifford wants stability. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see him get going anywhere, and I don't see why he should get he should be upset of playing Orlando because they give him minutes. So yeah. Yeah, that's, no, I don't. I don't think he moves. Yeah, I like I like him a lot. Uh, Iman yeah. Shumpert. No, 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 no. Uh, Danny Green. Yeah, sure. Why not? It'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, he he can shoot it still. He's not as good as a transition defender as he was, um, like five years ago. But he's miles better than uh, than Abdul Nader and or what Diallo will be next season. So, um, and he can even compete for a starting job, I think, mm-hmm. which which uh, probably makes him another um, unlike scenario because of the salary, because yeah. he can claim a starting spot somewhere. Yeah, 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 he can. Uh, a few more, Jared Dudley. Uh, with how many pounds? How many pounds does he weigh? <laughs> yeah, is he overweight? Yeah, he is. Like, if he's if he's like ten pounds overweight, between ten and twenty pounds, okay. More than that, no. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Temple. Um, uh, personal history, I don't like. Oh yeah, guy. I forgot he's you hate player. Garrett Temple. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hate him. Uh, but and I I don't think he will solve issues. He was not great for the Clippers. Yeah. It was okay, like, but and that team was desperate to get people on the court because they they need talent wherever they can find it. And I mean, he he's those kind of guys that you need when you have a very young team that can coach your rookie to be smart, to be um, reliable, to be outspoken, and stuff like that. But you don't need a guy like that when you want to have a veteran that can like switch something from the bench that can give you a spark from the bench he's mm-hmm. a steady guy um but but not um a low variance guy in terms of three-point shot his percentage really come and go i i remember him shooting in in italy maybe a game where he should like 
six for six from the field from three and then the other one over over nine and you don't you don't need that guy uh, a few more patrick beverly i mean if russ says yeah why not i would say of course like, <laughs> I mean, that's like the Pat? only way right it would almost be like yeah. russ no, no, would no. have to reach out to him kind of thing and be like hey yeah. i know our history but just come you... here and we'll just just destroy people yeah, yeah sure sure i mean pat I-, I love pat yeah uh he's he's a mad guy he he's really really like i don't know have you seen him play have you seen him car kd i mean that guy is not okay <laughs> But he is extremely effective, yeah. and he can hit a corner tree. So yeah, yeah. he'd be great. Uh, there's just no way. No. Um, Anthony Tolliver. No, two pot two point Yeah, uh, Tabo. No. Um, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. I don't even have to motivate Tabo. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the shooting. <laughs> uh, Dragon Bender. Why, Andrew? Why do we have to go there? It's a dark place there. Mike Scott. Yeah, why not? Mike Scott is a good backup. Yeah, I, I would, like him. I would try to get him as a five, as a backup five. I know that you will probably never get a rebound with him on the court, uh, but boy, he will space the floor for you because mm-hmm. people will guard Mike, Mike Scott, even if he's not as reliable as a shooter as his... Um, I mean, he he is a good shooter, don't get me wrong, but he's not like Brook Lopez, but he gets the same. Yeah, he's been like good for Philly. Like, just about the same treatment on defense. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Jeff Green. Uh, you know, yes. Why not? Yeah. That he, is a guy that has become steady and productive. He's an upgrade. And so, yeah. Yeah. And he can even come back. I mean, if he's your backup four. I don't think four, there's bad blood. Yeah. No, there's not I bad think he, I mean, you, you need a guy that can play with Jeremy as a 4-5 combo. And that can play with Steven if you want him to be with Steven. Mm-hmm. I think that Jeff can do can do that. Yep. Um, I'm looking down, way down deep. Uh, Luol Dang? No. Washed up. Um, Furkan Korkmaz? Mm. Why? <laughs> um, like... And... That's that's about get, all I've got. Can we get Luke Stefan on the court? <laughs> no, it's not that, but I mean, yeah, sure, you can get him. He's a young guy that was able to shoot it in Europe and never really translate as a good shooter in He could uh, be next year's TLC. Shooter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You play any any played for the Sixers to boot. Uh TJ McConnell. No. Can't shoot. Okay. All right. I'm done now. Um <laughs> And I and I probably have I'm probably done podcasting because I, I'm I'm almost late for a meeting. So okay, give us your uh, your favorite Marvel character, and then we'll go. Um, growing up, it was probably Spider Man. Then I switched to Iron Man, but um, Thor is up there mainly because if you, if there is Thor, my wife will enjoy watching the movie, and so <laughs> I can watch Marvel movie that way. Perfect answer. Thanks for listening to our show today. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. You can follow McKelly at Mikey Barra. Follow our show at Down to Dunk. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Mm-hmm.